Okay, hello Oberlin. My name is Catherine and welcome to the first episode of A Critical Review. This podcast will explore famous and controversial events that have to do with Oberlin College and in today's episode we're talking about a pretty dramatic event about the infamous alumni Orion Krauss. Orion was a conservatory student who graduated from the con in 2017, and two and a half months following his graduation, he murdered four of his family members with a baseball bat. And I'm talking about this uh, case for a few reasons. First, there's just like the shock that someone who is in the Oberlin community could do something like this and be involved in such a grisly and high-profile case. I also think the trial following his crimes is really fascinating and, in my opinion, points out a lot of flaws with the justice system. And also, this case actually happens to hit close to home for me. Um, when Orion Krauss murdered the four people in Groton, Massachusetts in 2017, I actually happened to be starting my senior year of high school in Groton, Massachusetts, and this actually happened three minutes away from where I was going to school. I remember the following day, we had to have a special assembly about it because it would have been weird if the school didn't acknowledge the literal crime scene down the road. Um, But no, it's, it's crazy how this happened. And if you ask anyone in Massachusetts, they will remember this case. It got so much media attention. Though... Though, weirdly enough, it wasn't until four years later, when Orion was sentenced to prison, that I found out um, he actually went to Oberlin. And I swear, when I found that out, I, like, almost spit my coffee out. Like, holy shit, like, why aren't we talking about this? Though, I don't know. Though, I guess if I think about, like, the crazed musical genius that had a psychotic episode, it weirdly checks out in my mind that he went to Oberlin like that that somehow makes sense to me (laughs) not that Oberlin had anything to do with this but you know like I feel like he wouldn't have gone to a normal college you know I'm kidding um but anyway okay so before we get into Orion's crimes what he did and the trial that followed I want to talk about who Orion was both during his time at Oberlin and a little bit about his background growing up okay so Orion Krauss is now a 26 year old man from Rockport Maine and for those who don't know Rockport is a very wealthy coastal town um according to Zillow the average cost of a home there is around $850,000 and it's also a popular destination for summer vacations Orion is the child of Alexander Krauss and the now late Elizabeth Krauss he has two siblings one of whom is his twin brother Cooper a little bit about his late mother, Elizabeth. She um, went to boarding school and then onto an Ivy League institution, and she did like a lot of philanthropy. So based on my research, it seems like the Krauss family is your classic, like, old East Coast money, and that Orion grew up pretty wealthy. I couldn't find that much information on the father's background. Most of the articles I read focused on like his emotional state after the event because he is a primary survivor. 
And um, just before I say anything else, I would actually like to use this as an opportunity to just say, like, I'm going to be as respectful as I can be just while talking about all of this. And that I personally send my deepest condolences to the Kraus family. That being said, based on the articles I read, I could not find any history of mental illness or family instability in Orion's childhood, which one might assume, just given the violent nature of his crimes, but that doesn't seem to be the case. Uh, in one article published by Mass Live after the incident, Orion's childhood friend Jacob Cup described him as sweet, mild-mannered, and very friendly. He was also a very talented musician, and despite the Krauss's wealth, the family still required the children to pursue an education. So in 2013, after high school, Orion enrolled at the prestigious Oberlin Conservatory, where he could explore his passion for music in the jazz program. Okay. So, Orion is enrolled in the con for four years. He has a good time. He plays some drums. Everything is normal and fun. And then he graduates in 2017. Two and a half months later, he murders three of his family members with a baseball bat. His mother, Elizabeth Krause, who is 63, his grandmother, Edith, who was 85, and his grandfather, Frank, who's 89, as well as their caretaker, Bertha May, who was 68. Again, may they rest in peace. This is a tragedy, but as a member of the Oberlin community, it just makes you wonder, like, how did someone so well-liked and so talented just do these horrific things? And were there any warning signs? Was there anything that would have suggested what Orion was about to do? Well, we'll get into it. So Orion graduates and he moves back home to Rockport. And it's all fun and games for two and a half months until about a week before the murders and he starts acting strange. On September 7th, a concerned Elizabeth calls 911 after her son was missing for six hours. So the transcript from this call is actually public record now, though parts of it are still heavily redacted. I don't think we'll ever fully know what was said during that phone call, but I'll share some quotes. Apparently she told the dispatcher that she was trying to have faith, but she was concerned that Orion might be at risk for suicide. When the dispatcher asked if Orion was a drug user, she said, and I quote, there's no drugs involved, there's no drinking involved, he's just a tender heart who's been troubled, I'm reaching out to help him, end quote. And again, I'm gonna link all of the articles I found and all the research I did, um, so I encourage you to go check it out and learn more for yourself. But anyway, it sounds like Orion was acting really out of character, but the next day on September 8th, Elizabeth thought it would be nice for her and her son to have dinner at the grandparents' house in Groton, Massachusetts. Um, for those who have never had the pleasure of going to Groton, Massachusetts, it's a very quiet town, um nothing like this ever happens and it's just really small and peaceful it's it's where a lot of people go to retire but anyway um on that fateful day the two get to Groton and oh my god wait i <laughs> i hate reading this like knowing what's going to happen 
Okay, so anyway, the, the two get to Groton at the house on 81 Common Street. And at 5.57 p.m., about an hour before the killings, Orion famously calls his former conservatory professor, Jamie Haddad, and says, I think I have to kill my mom. I know, it's spooky. Um, professor Haddad still works here, and I just cannot imagine just all the emotions he must feel like being so close to the situation. And you know, um, actually, I would like to just take a pause and say that if you knew Orion um, during your time at Oberlin and you want to remember him as the kind and serious musician he was during his time here, then I advise you to stop listening now just because I will be talking about what happened in detail. But anyway, Orion is on the phone with Professor Haddad, then apparently goes into detail about what he's going to do, how he's going to kill his family, um, including the weapon he's going to use and where it's located in the garage. After he hangs up, Professor Haddad is extremely concerned, rightfully so, and tries to call Orion back numerous times but is unsuccessful. He and his wife then try to contact multiple members of Orion's family, but they don't pick up either. They then call Rockport Police, the town where Orion lives, but by the time police show up at the Krauss's home, the two had already left for dinner in Groton, which is over an hour away. And by the time, and this is the sad part, and by the time Rockport Police figured this out and contacted Groton Police, it unfortunately was too late. No, it's really sad. It it seems like several people tried to interject and prevent this tragedy from happening. However, those efforts didn't come in time. And those 911 calls are actually public record now, and there are clips that have been made available by Mass Live. Um, so I can play some of that now. Uh, this is uh, Jim Moore, uh, Rockport Police Department in Rockport, Maine. Okay. And what I've got is a... Um, uh, mental health is this, is this a Ryan Krause? Holy cow, yes it is. Uh, you're like the fifth call we've got an officer. We've got a, an officer on scene and we've got EMS on the way. I got a call from one of his former teachers in uh, Oberlin, Ohio. Yes, Mr. Haddad. I uh, know. Um, so after that 911 call, Officer Gordon Kandau was dispatched to 42 Common Street at 6.47 p.m. And again, I'm going to give you another warning. I'm going to describe the crime scene in pretty graphic detail and talk about what the officer found. If you're sensitive to descriptions of violence or gore, then again, please feel free to stop listening. Um, but anyway, in order for you to understand this, I'm just going to try and visually just describe it as best as I can. Um, I'm reading off of a transcript from the Lowell Sun, so I think you'll get a clear mental image. But basically, at 6.47pm, Officer Kandau pulls up to the house and he parks on the side of the street, right? Um, so from the car, he can see through the window into the living room. And through that window, he can see that the TV is on. And he can also see Orion's grandparents sitting in their armchairs facing the TV. When the officer enters the home and approaches the grandparents, he sees that their faces have been bashed in. 
This is where Orion started, as confirmed in court. Officer Kandau then calls for backup. Orion then went to the kitchen, and that is where his mother, Elizabeth, was found face down at the table. The bloody shoe print and the knocked over furniture suggests that she had tried to resist Orion's attack, but unfortunately she was found with the same facial injuries as the grandparents. Disturbingly, she was slouched down in the chair, which suggests that Orion must have taken her body and placed her in the chair. This is so sad. Um, after Orion kills his grandparents and his mother, there was the caretaker, Bertha May, who was actually upstairs when all this chaos and commotion was happening, and she had tried to run away, but unfortunately she didn't get very far, and Orion had chased her down, and her body was found about 55 feet away from the house, and she was the only victim who had been struck from the back, but she was found with the same facial injuries. Deep breath. Um, the, the scary part's over. I, I told you not to listen. Yeah. And like, I remember hearing about this for the first time and just kind of writing it off. Let's take a moment. Um, so all that happens and this is just kind of where it gets weird and is also kind of what made this case famous just because of like the absurdity of it all and I remember hearing about this for the first time and just kind of writing it off or not really believing it um but reading this again Orion's behavior and the sequence of events that followed the killings it just really highlights how mentally ill this person was but um yeah so after murdering the four victims Orion then runs into the woods in his backyard, strips naked, stashes the baseball bat, and covers himself in mud. He then runs to his neighbor's house about four houses down and starts knocking on the door. Um, and so he goes to his neighbor's house and his neighbor's name is, I'm gonna mispronounce this again, um, his neighbor, uh, Wagner Alcoker, his neighbor Wagner, finds him naked and covered in blood and dirt, and Orion is clearly very disturbed. And I, I know, it's weird. Wagner tries to ask Orion some questions, but apparently Orion wasn't making much sense. And this, I, I've read a few articles, and this is kind of where things get inconsistent. Um, some say Orion was silent and just kind of looking off blankly. Um, others say he was mumbling to himself or even, like, singing to himself. And he's just, like, covered in dirt and blood, and it's a very off-putting scene. And I don't know why, but... This image of just, like, this tall, like, six foot five, pale, naked, just really skinny dude covered in mud, like, waiting on your porch looking into you. Like, like that image is just so fucking creepy to me. Like, I can't, I can't even say it without getting jumpy. It's just so creepy. Um, anyway, Wagner didn't know what was going on. He goes inside. He calls the police. And, um, we can listen to that now. 
15 minutes later, a separate unit of police arrived to the house and ask O'Brien, oh my god, and this detail. So after being confronted about what he did, he notably says to the police officer, I freed them. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he says, I freed them um, after being asked what he did. And I remember reading that line in the Boston Globe when it's, it, it's again, this, this whole thing is just so creepy. It's, um, it's an important detail though. So just hold on to that for a second. So, uh, after an incoherent line of questioning, um, Orion is taken to Bridgewater State Hospital, uh, for a psych eval and he is held without bail on four counts of murder to which he pleaded not guilty. But, um... Okay, so um, that's what happened, and that's the event. Um, in this next part, we're going to be getting into the trial, um, and then we're going to talk about some reasons why this might have happened. How someone just two months after graduating Oberlin can just snap. All right, um, before we get into the trial, let's get some misconceptions out of the way before. Some people suspect that Orion was a hard drug user and that he might have been using heroin. According to the Boston Herald, Orion told the nurse at Bridgewater State Hospital that he was a heroin user. However, his drug test came back negative. Um, some of my friends on the Reddit True Crime Forum uh, who have been like, very talkative about this have speculated that maybe Orion was part of a cult and cult activity is actually pretty prevalent in America believe it or not specifically the line I freed my family is is pretty culty and one user pointed out that apparently like and this is gruesome but the killing of the original family to join the new family can be like an initiation thing. I don't know. I, I personally don't think that's true. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I think that's a bit of a reach. But anyway, at the end of the 40-day evaluation period, the doctors at Bridgewater diagnosed Orion with schizophrenia, and they concluded that he had suffered from an acute psychotic episode. Now, Orion was 22 at the time, which is the age that symptoms of schizophrenia uh, start to develop. A little bit about schizophrenia. People who have this illness suffer from auditory and at times visual delusions. 
Um, schizophrenia is often considered the most debilitating mental illness. It's really hard for people who have this disease to live normal, functional lives. I don't know. It's just a shame because people didn't, like, catch on to the signs earlier while he was at Oberlin. But who knows if there were any early warning signs. And, oh my god, this is all, <laughs> this is all so sad, I want to stop talking about it. Uh... And again, my heart goes out to the family, just based on the articles I read. It seems that Alexander Krauss, Orion's dad, was just in deep denial of the situation and could not believe that his own son could do something so terrible. Additionally, in an article by The Review, people at Oberlin were shocked when this happened, especially Orion's friends. And, well, that's another thing I should mention about that article. When that came out, um, all of this stuff was alleged. Orion had not admitted to anything, and I, I guess what happened was pretty up in the air. President Ambar also sent an email to the school, um, just about the incident, but once again, everything was alleged at the time, so perhaps people in Oberlin just didn't think much of it. Everyone that I've talked to now doesn't really know who Orion Krauss is or what happened. I mean, no current student at Oberlin was here in 2017, so I guess that makes sense. But anyway, let's get back to what happened. After O'Ryan committed his crimes, the Krause family hires Edward Wayland, who works at one of the top criminal defense firms in Boston. Okay, I, I personally don't agree with the outcome or verdict of this case, but I must admit, like, he did some pretty good lawyering. <laughs> like, if I committed a truly heinous crime, I would want this man in my corner. Um, but anyway, four years goes by, and Orion was initially charged with uh, four counts of first-degree murder, and if convicted on all four charges, he would have faced a maximum of four life sentences without the possibility of parole. Remember that. Um, on November 3rd, 2021, Edward Wayland worked his, he worked his groovy lawyer magic, and Orion Krauss accepted a plea deal where he pled guilty to four counts of second-degree murder by reason of insanity. Judge Kenneth Salinger sentenced Krauss to life where he will be eligible for parole in 25 years. Yeah, no, I, I know. He's, he's getting parole after 25 years, and that may seem like a really light sentence, and it is. I looked it up, and it's almost impossible that someone, like, who's sentenced to life in prison gets parole. And we'll talk about, like, why this might be, but, like, 25 years is baby <laughs> in terms of jail time. Um, to give you some context, uh, mail fraud, mail fraud can get you up to 30 years in prison, so... I'm, I'm sorry, just 25 years just isn't that long of a time. I don't know. Um, like, he'll be 47 when he gets out. Like, Orion won't exactly be a feeble old man. Like, that's a lot of life left to live. Um, I think we should go over the differences between first and second degree murder. First degree murder is any killing that is both intentional and premeditated. On the other hand, second degree murder is a killing that is with malice, but it is not premeditated. So, second-degree murder, which is what 
Orion was found guilty of is unplanned. Now, one could look at Orion's acts skeptically and say that this was premeditated, considering how he called Professor Haddad, explaining what he was about to do. But again, I'm not going to question it. The Krauss family has been through enough. Another thing I will point out that probably contributed to Orion's light sentence is the fact that Orion is rich and white and educated, and he's also a man. And those are advantages that he has in life. And unfortunately, the justice system is not immune to those advantages. Um, but despite this, and despite Orion having these advantages, I think if this story tells us anything, it shows us that even those who are born into privilege are not protected from extreme mental illness. And even now, that wealth and that privilege cannot protect the remaining members of Orion's family from just feeling the effects of this trauma for the rest of their lives. This was a tragic and complex and horrific event, and I truly hope that one day the remaining members of the Krauss family can find ways to heal. On that note, this is where I'm going to end the episode. If you liked this episode and if you like this podcast, um, you can follow me on Instagram. This will also be available on Spotify, and I will be coming out with more episodes in the coming weeks. Thank you for listening.